Welcome to the What's Lacking podcast. It's your host, Larry Atencio. With me today is Miguel Reyes. How are you, Miguel? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty, doing pretty well. Um, so this is your second appearance. Uh, just like Jordy's uh, episode, you are coming back to the What's Lacking podcast uh, so that we can have a, a, an episode on, on video as well as uh, audio. Um, the original few episodes were only in audio format and I've since uh, expanded my quote-unquote podcast empire onto YouTube. So, um, expansion. yeah, exactly. I think we recorded maybe like two years ago. I think yeah. you're the, the third person to be featured. What have you been up to in the last two years? Ooh, a lot. I, I guess to start things off, um, I've been jumping between so many different companies, to be honest. A few. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I've been jumping between a handful of different companies, you know, two or three over the last two years, just like really trying to find a sense of fulfillment. Haven't found it yet, but, you know, we, we've made some strides and a lot of progress. Really just been focused on, you know, just continuing to grow through work, grow through my hobbies and just, just live in life. After mentioning hobbies, uh, what, are, what are those? Hobbies, I mean, there's so there's some that have always stuck with me. Dancing, for example, has been one that I've been doing since I was in high school, maybe even before that. But as of recently, I started playing a little bit of pinball. That's been really cool. Just like classic old games, you know, and snowboarding. Snowboarding has been something I, I feel like I've been t putting a lot more time into. So it's been really interesting. Just like a whole different type of muscle memory. You know, that's been really the main thing. I feel like I always just try to dabble in different arts, but it's always just come back to dance music, really. What type of dance do you do? Freestyle. Breakdancing, mostly hip hop. In the last few years, I actually started to do uh, more house dancing, which originated in uh, Chicago through the LGBTQT community. And it was kind of like a warehouse scene. And, and that's something that um, has developed more in Seattle. And I started to kind of tap into that side of myself a little bit more in terms of just like the dance style, learning about the culture. And it's interesting because they feel like uh, around the late 80s to early 90s, breakdancing and house both have they started to find like a middle ground you know that those worlds started to blend together and create or develop that style even further so yeah those are been really mainly the, the type of dances i've done are they similar is there some sort of like cross-pollination and 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 sort of synthesis between the two or yeah they're pretty separate pretty separate but there are inspirations from both ends house dancing involves the focus on house is mostly around like low rhythm feeling and it's really like more step-based so thinking like salsa or bachata that it's, it's very footwork heavy in that sense as to breaking it's it's more grounded it's more dynamic where you're on the floor you're rolling around you're spinning and i think with the idea of breaking it it's because it's developed in a certain in a certain period where you know communities are struggling I think the sense of breaking really focused around like battle mentality or, or trying to let go of certain feelings like anger or sadness and things like that. That's that's a, a good analysis of both dance forms. Yeah. Transitioning, what what does it mean for you to be a good person? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot. Like I, I don't know. It depends on uh, what people see as good. You know, I think 
hear a lot of times people say, oh, it's a battle between good and evil. But, you know, in a world where I think a lot of people are just doing what's good for them, it's like, how do you, what, what determines what's bad? And I thought about this a little bit more. And I just think the first thing that came to mind is like someone who isn't selfish, someone who is empathetic, someone who just likes to spread joy, happiness. And I think the one that, that really stood out to me is just someone who's authentic. And I think that goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It's like, from one perspective, this person could be bad, but they might be, you know, from another perspective, someone could say that person is good. Um, and I think it just comes down to that authenticity. Like, what are you doing it for? What is your goal with doing something like this? And or certain, and then it could be a lot of things, I think. And that just might be scratching the surface, but I think those are at least some of the traits that define what a good person would be in terms of, at least from my opinion. Right. And, and how would you define authenticity? Is it something that you have within you and you discover or something that you just need to create as you mature and get older? I feel like it's something that's already with you. And as you get older, it's not necessarily something you create, but something you recognize more. Almost like having a, like, it's like you're conscious where you have that voice in your head. I feel like that authenticity, it's, it's like overlaps with just like your intuition. Like this feels like it should be right. I, I think there's the morality in that and things like, and a lot, of, a lot of other things that go into it. But ultimately, it, to me, authenticity is just being able to do something without, you know, thinking of a reward, without having any expectation, doing something in it and truly just being confident with that being a part of you it's something that you're doing this because it's who you are what has been giving your life meaning and purpose now, there's a uh, there's a handful of things, but I think it, it centers around family, and that might be because you know my culture, I feel like Filipino communities are, are very family oriented. But I find that like you know, as of maybe the last five years or so, um, as I like I to see my nieces grow up, it's it's helped develop a, like a new meaning of my purpose or life to me in a, in a way. And and the example of that is like you know holidays, for example, like I never really enjoyed Christmas or certain holidays that I felt were a little forced. But as I see like my to grow and, and like experience these things it's a bit refreshing and i feel like it's giving me uh, a bit of drive to do more things for myself and to kind of like exemplify like this is what it means to be you know successful or to be happy and, and things like that and like lead by action in a way but uh, going back to like you know that just like meaning to life and, and what my like my purpose is today being that figure or that leader in in a sense that i want my family to feel comfortable i want them to feel safe and happy and if i could be successful and provide that then I, I think that gives me a lot of fulfillment a lot, and a lot of meaning okay, so you want to be a, a, a figure and leader for your current existing family or were you uh meaning to say that looking forward to having your own family as a father um being able to provide and be a, a figure of authority for for your own family yeah i think it leads into that you know as of today it would be just my immediate family that i think about um and even beyond that um i would say being that type of person in my community especially as a dancer you know it's, um, i feel like i'm heavily involved in a lot of different communities as, as i like travel around and um experience the different scenes and communities in, in the dance world around the country but i, I take all that as fuel just to like try to be a better person and i think ultimately down the line i, I would want to have i want to i want to be there you know and be that type of person for my future family if that were that's part of my life but yeah i think it, i think as of today that's kind of where it starts and they'll down the line i think that's where it'll lead to okay what does it mean to be happy 
it's what you make of it, really. There's a lot of things that I feel like I've taken for granted over the last few years or just throughout my life, really. And I realized, like, going back to the fact that, like, I've, I've traveled and seen a lot of different communities and even gone back home to visit family in the Philippines. You know, you, you see so many people who have less than you or have more than you. And it never truly defines, like, how happy they are. And so I feel like it's always just a perception that you have on your life and the position that you're in. You know, like, you can make the most out of whatever you have. Are you happy today? Oh, yeah. I'm very happy. <laughs> I, not like, not like right now because you're having coffee, which makes me very happy. <laughs> but uh, just in general, like, uh, are, are you happy in your your current life situation? and Or is this uh, a valley in, in, in that happiness feeling? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that when I think about our last podcast two years ago, you know, it was coming out of COVID and... I was struggling with my career path and trying to recreate myself in a sense and, and chase fulfillment. And I think that's that put me in, a he- in my head a lot in a way that I felt a little bit unhappy, maybe even more than that. And I think within those two years since, and I would say, yeah, I I, I feel like I put myself, I got myself to a spot where I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I got into a relationship. I've started to explore and experience a lot of new things. I started doing festivals again, and, and I've been a while <laughs> since I've done that. I turned 30 and I, w- I went to travel to Japan and just a lot of different experiences. You know, there's so many things that I, I think you'll meet even more in that way. Sounds uh, like you have plenty of, of reasons to, to be happy or happier today right now in general how many yeah. close friends do you have that's uh that's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> um see so i personally am just i guess personable a lot of people like to describe me as that where i could just you know make a lot of friends but i also feel that i am also like a very authentic person as well like i, I can't just like force a good friendship or a close friendship so sometimes in my head and the, and the reason why i'm saying it, i'm you know starting off with this is because i feel like there's times in my head where i feel like i have more close friends than i do and then there's other times where i'm like i could probably think of like three that they're truly my close friends but to give you a short answer i'd probably say like five five close close friends you could give um, me the long answer as well this is this is your time <laughs> yeah. you're being spotlighted we want to hear what you have to <laughs> well, say yeah well the other the other so, thing to it though right is like those i could say like today i have five close friends but you know with my the type of friendships i have too it's like we all are moving through different locations um, prioritizing different things in our lives so sometimes what means to be a close friend it doesn't look like that right like mm-hmm. we might not be talking daily or weekly it might be like three months from now is when the next time i see them or something right so but i still consider them a close friend so how would you describe those friendships it's I don't know. It's it's pretty close. I mean, I, I see a lot of my friends as more of like family than anything, especially the guys. I've never had a brother, so I've always treated a lot of my friends like RJ, Ron, Mariano, just calling out a few people out there, you know, Bill. All those guys, I've, I've known them for so long. It's been like long-term friends that have grown from our history and developed into like a brotherhood, really. How have you changed in the last few years and i know you had already mentioned your career and and job changes and how you recently got in a relationship but maybe get into some more internal mental intellectual spiritual changes that you've um experienced yeah i mean i think i'm always changing and uh that's something that 
always comes back to my mind where, you know, I'm, I'm very goal oriented. So there's like things that I'm trying to um, drive myself towards. Like, for example, since I moved to Seattle um, back in 2020, I think that my idea of moving here was also a sense of me trying to discipline myself a bit more, get myself away from my comfort zone, that support system that I have back home, which, you know, isn't great, but at the same time is like, I think a good challenge. And over that time, I feel like it's just left me to think about a lot of things. As a person, I, I feel like I've been able to grow and have that I've, you know, really have more discipline with myself, just being intentional about my decisions and just sitting with my thoughts and having to uh, face those head on versus just kind of like brushing them under the rug or ignoring it in, in any way. I feel like it's, it's made me more vulnerable in a sense as well, especially as I got, get into a relationship. I think that's been another interesting dynamic. You know, I've always had this perception of you grow the most as an individual when you're by yourself and single. But now that I'm in a relationship and, and I've thought of this even before then, but I feel like that having a partner just had a different dynamic and, and surfaces a lot of things that you might not have a face initially on your own, you know? So there's a lot of things I think that goes into that. But um, ultimately, I think it just goes back to a sense of discipline that I've developed, the openness to being vulnerable in relationships and just being truthful and honest with myself. What do you see yourself in, in 10 years? Rich, um, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> you're, you're already you know, uh, climbing, climbing the corporate ladder. <laughs> right, exactly. Good salary, I would say, correct? Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. I don't know, 10 years, I'd be, what, 40 by then? Just to give, I guess I'm giving my age out, so I'm being a little more vulnerable here, but 10 years is a long time, and so much could happen. But ideally, in a perfect world, I think I'd want to continue this path and reach you know, the next level, potentially like VP level, to be honest. It's I would have put like a goal to it. But aside from like my career path, I feel like uh, as a person, you know, kind of up in the air, really, at this point, I think it's something that I still have to discover. And I'm, I'm talking more from like a spiritual sense. You know, I kind of have to identify what that is that is the next level for me. So I think there's a lot of ways I can go about it. But ultimately, with my life, I do want to just like start my own business. I want to I want to reach like a mastery level within my my art forms, like my dance. And on top of that, I want to make progress with a lot of the other goals that I have or like the other side hobbies like that I have. So for example, like learning language learning music, audio engineering, instruments. So I've been like dabbling. I mentioned it also a little bit briefly, but like I've been dabbling with guitars and pianos and music theory and nothing where I'm like forcing it in a way that I'm like, hey, I have to do this 30 minutes a day. More so just like leave it in the open, spend like five minutes on it. Sometimes that five minutes turns into 20, turns into 30. But it's something that I'm trying to naturally develop, just kind of like have fun with rather than think like, hey, I can monetize this and I could be really good at this. Trying to be that about genuine about like the experience yeah, developing different aptitudes and and just discovering new avenues of expression discovering new aspects of of the self i, I like that a lot too and i try to do similar things i love reading so that's always going to be a part of it yeah. but this podcast that's is part of that and these conversations are also part of that just trying to yeah flex different existential muscles so that they, you know, just the, the, the living experience doesn't atrophy. Exactly. The other piece, like you mentioned, like reading and writing, I think that's another one that I'm trying to just be a little bit more consistent with. And, you know, I, I feel like just reading just fills up your brain and, and your knowledge so much. And a lot of times, at least from my experience, when I've read certain things, it, it's opened my mind up even more and made me help me look at things in a different perspective as well. In the past, we've talked a little bit about like synergy uh, mm -hmm. or synchronicity and there's certain books. I think in the first podcast, we talked about like my favorite book and one of them was Siddhartha. And it was interesting because when I read that book, 
I was, I was living back in Baltimore. And then there was a lot of things I was going through at that time. But going back to the synergy part, you know, I read that book. I felt like at a good moment in my life where it's helped me understand things, like certain, certain things how I feel, certain things that I was struggling with in a different way where it helped me progress and take a little bit of inspiration from that. And, and then, you know, just kind of manifested it to my life. I applied it, applied some of those learnings, those themes. When I don't force certain things and when I'm like reading certain things, I kind of just stumble on it. it sometimes it just gives me an answer, you know, and I don't know if I'm looking into that, but I think in a sense that could also feel a little spiritual too. Following your intuition, I think that's a word that you had used previously. And I think uh, getting in touch with one's intuition and one's core authentic self is, is really important. But yeah, I, I completely agree. What advice would you give to, to people about how to best live their life? I think one on the topic of authenticity, going with a genuine mindset, like full confidence of who you are, just send it. Don't let these outer influences, other factors just dictate how you're going to live um, or affect how you feel. I think a lot of times, especially in like how we are currently today, like we, a lot of people can be just reactive. So I think protecting your peace has been something that I found very valuable in just like how I live my life. And yeah, I, I think that that blends into some of those other things, you know, like having that confidence. And I think a lot of people tend to, and I'm, I'm generalizing things, obviously, but at least from like a personal experience, I think it's easy to get in your head and be your own obstacle. And so I, I think if you're protecting your peace and, and you're just kind of like, you know, feeling, being confident about your decisions and yourself, really, and I think that just sets you up for success in that set, in that way. Yeah, and I, I I want to 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 support your idea of protecting one's peace. I think that should be an important step that everyone should be trying to to take and being cognizant of of what we consume, not just in terms of uh, media and, and and books, but also the friends we keep, the conversations we have, the self talk. And the sort of language that we use when when thinking uh, about ourselves, and so all those things together make it so that one can be in a in a much better positive mind state and and mindset. Yeah, and to build on that, you know, um, something that you mentioned is like the friends that we make. I feel like finding a sense of belonging carries a lot of weight on just being able to live that best life, right? Like having that support system, having a community. A lot of times it's easy to feel like we're alone, we're taking on the world by ourselves. But in reality, like your mother, your father, your sister, your niece, and nephew, like there's so much, there's so many people out there who want to see you do your best. And it's easy to just focus on the negative aspect of things, but and it's easy to, for, to forget that you have those people. But ultimately, I think um, as human, having that community, having that family or that sense of belonging is important. I think it's 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 also a matter of like, as my brother said in, in a previous episode, of choosing happiness, of choosing positivity, of choosing optimism and mm -hmm. doing your best to make sure that at every moment one is able to put situations, events, ideas, thoughts in perspective and trying one's best to look for solutions and and and, and to frame them in a way that uh, allows for one to become a problem solver as opposed to the the easier sort of response of cynicism and, and complaining and recriminations, et cetera. So I think uh, getting in the habit of always choosing and, and just being conscious of how one frames situations can go a long way in making one happier, better, more peaceful, and just yeah. exude the sort of energy that attracts 
the same level of positivity from others. And I think that's super important, super hard as well, right? Because dealing with one's emotions and all of the the ways in which life is difficult and relationships are difficult and friendships and, and careers and jobs and deadlines and et cetera. But as I, as I was saying before, it's it's sort of making it routine, practicing and, and flexing those you know positivity muscles. Practice so, yeah. is important. For you, what's more important, individualism or, or collectivism? Collectivism as in like having like that community or like as a group yeah, of collective exactly. people. I feel like there's value in both. You know, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier where two years ago when we initially did this podcast when I was single and then now talking and I'm in a relationship, I feel like there's different dynamics in, in both ways where I'm learning different things. And when, it goes, when I think of individualism and collectivism, I think it's good to have a balance. I think everyone needs to have a sense of individuality, accountability, and being able to be, to think independently, but it's more efficient, in my opinion, to work together. There's so many th- more things that you can get accomplished more efficiently, faster, easier in some ways too. There's a lot of things that I think just as a group, if, if you're working to, if you're actually working together, then I think it, it's, there's, it's almost limitless versus like individuality or like individualism. There's, there's definitely a lot of strengths that come out of that. Like not everything can be done in groups, obviously, and being able to be self-sufficient is important. So I would say it, it, I definitely lean towards both being equally important. I agree with that. I think for me, there's strength and beauty in thinking of communities and groups being made up of fully realized, fully developed, strong individuals coordinating and working together towards a goal that, like you said, is more efficiently attained if one uh, uses one's individual prowess in, in a group setting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I think of this too in another way where, you know, going back to like some of my hobbies, like dance, for example, obviously it's, it's very community based. Um, but even like as, you know, historically when these dances were being developed, the next generation would always take inspiration from the foundation built from the previous generation. So sometimes like that collectivism might not look like, oh, let's all work together in a group in this present day. Sometimes what if it's like, I'm a product of my history, of my past, right? Or like the history that that's helped set this up. And I've taken inspiration from that and I've just developed this further or built on top of that. So like, that's also a sense of collectivism of like from breakdancing, right? It started what in the 80s, 90s, and it's changed to today, right? Like it's it's evolved in so many ways, but I feel like I wouldn't have been possible if it was just one person, right? <laughs> like it's true. It was multiple generations of like adding in their own influences, their own style from other dances, from their culture and creating it what it is. And I think that's a lot of different art forms. Yeah, the inter- the interplay and, and dialectical nature of individualism and collectivism working together towards a greater synthetic reality. And I wanted to also say a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And in dancing and sports and corporations and government, et cetera, in any collective endeavor, you're only as strong as what the weakest person in that group can bring to the table. And so if we are able to support others in developing themselves and, and strengthening their abilities, their capacities, capabilities, I think that would in the long run lead to greater communities, groups and, and collective efforts. It's just yeah. I think we need to 
emphasize and 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 sometimes hold ourselves like you were saying accountable for self-sufficiency for making ourselves the best versions that we can possibly be and sometimes it's it's easier to just rely on others rely on tradition rely on what the group is is telling you instead of having to own our life and and what to make of it yeah, pretty much it's to make of it. Final question. What's your um favorite TV show of all time? Does anime count? <laughs> yeah, any, um, any show. Ne- uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Have you been looking at my Netflix? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I watched that when I'm a little bit older than you are, so... Um, yeah. I was actually... That's I used to watch that, that I've been watching on Netflix. Oh, yeah? <laughs> like, recently, that's been... I don't know. Yeah, I, that's, I, don't, I feel like last time I was there, I was watching that on your TV, so... <laughs> I don't know if you were calling that out, but um, that's a good it one. It wasn't. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I do want to call out and give you a shout-out for adding us to your Netflix... Uh, family account because yeah we hadn't had netflix struggling for, for years not struggling it's just you know no, just yeah, prioritizing the media that you consume and <laughs> is the the cost worth what netflix is given and i'm like mm. yeah yeah and i think they're raising the price too but that's besides the point um I feel like it hasn't really been until recently that I've been watching TV shows, but the first one that comes to mind is Lovecraft County, and that was a really interesting one. I thought that was well made, well told, um, and I liked the, the aspect of like sci-fi and horror. That was on Amazon, HBO, I think. HBO, okay. It might have been Amazon, but one of those. I think that's one that comes to mind. But if I were to be real, definitely more anime-based, yeah, and I could give you a whole list like uh, Berserk from the from 1997. There's like an original one that they made hunter hunter that was also like 96 97 yu yu Hakusho. these were all like more classic 90s anime i think that's what helped set the foundation for today's anime to be honest and then on a lighter end i think office was one of those first few shows that i actually watched from beginning to end <laughs> and that was actually pretty good way way better than i thought but yeah there's a handful but ultimately i think it's gonna be between lovecraft county and yu yu Hakusho. And, and anime for me anime is like dragon ball z pokemon Digimon, yeah. uh, but you, good. I mean, I grew up on those too. So yeah, yeah. you were mentioning uh, uh, shows that sound a lot more sophisticated, and is that true, or they were for kids too? I would say they're they were for kids too, or maybe like they've had versions that were watered down and made for kids, but the original ones were definitely a little bit more mature rated. Yeah, because I, I I hadn't heard of them, and even Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I got into when I was younger, was a, a kids show, but it was a little bit more mature and had uh, themes yeah. that were a little bit more. Um, difficult and 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 have more depth than uh yeah. dragon ball z and 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 other other shows like like that yeah it's definitely on that that level sure. okay all right well miguel it's been great talking to you thank you for yeah. uh your second appearance and i look forward to uh, a third one down the line sounds good thank you so much for the time and hope you have a good weekend all right have a good one